2: Hey everybody, welcome into another future brew, Masonbrew.com, a Michigan Football and Basketball Recruiting Podcast here. Uh, my name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today is John Simmons. John, how are you doing? You staying safe over there.
1: Yep, everything's still good over here. Kind of just keeping the status quo.
2: Yep, it's kind of just uh, the normal thing to do now is just stay cooped up in the house and not really do a whole lot. So it's the new norm. And uh, we've been doing it for about a month now. It's, uh, it's been pretty draining. But we've got some uh, some recruiting stuff still going on despite all of this happening in the world. And uh, one of the more intriguing things that has happened uh, to Michigan football over the last week since we've last talked is, is uh, this chatter of JT Daniels who announced his entering into the transfer portal uh, pretty recently here. And uh, he was a quarterback at USC. He was a five-star in the 2018 class. Michigan had went after him originally uh, before he committed to USC, and uh, there were some other big-time schools in there as well. Stanford was uh, big on him. Alabama had sent him an offer, and he had offers from pretty much everywhere, uh, being a five-star quarterback. But uh, he entered the transfer portal. And now there's uh, some buzz that he uh, may be interested in Michigan again, now that uh, the recruiting process has entered the second phase for him. And uh, there was an article on 24 seven by uh, Greg Biggins, who's one of the West coast recruiting guys and uh, put together seven potential transfer destinations for JT Daniels. And of course, Michigan uh, being one of those. So uh, with the, the quarterback battle brewing between Dylan McCaffrey and Joe Milton right now, one would imagine that uh, there's a, at the very least a decent chance that the loser of that battle would, would enter the transfer portal and look for somewhere that he would be able to start somewhere immediately. And uh, I, I would imagine that whoever it is would be able to start immediately at another school. They're two very talented quarterbacks. And of course, you've got Cade McNamara, uh, in the wings as well, and uh, Dan Valari, of course, being the quarterback coming in in this 2020 class. So, uh, with all that said, John, do you think that it would be a good fit scheme wise with what Josh Gaddis has now as a, the offensive coordinator? Because when they first were recruiting him, they had a completely different offense. Uh, at the time, uh, Pep Hamilton was the brand new offensive coordinator in town. Now, of course, we have. Uh, a a much different offense at Michigan with Josh Gaddis running the show. Do you think he would be a good fit in the scheme? And do you think Michigan will legitimately look at him as a a potential transfer quarterback?
1: Uh, I think that he probably did fit Michigan's old scheme better under Pep Hamilton because it's more of a pro-style offense. But then you kind of look at the quarterbacks that Michigan has been recruiting under Gaddis, I mean, he had J.D. Johnson before he got hurt, and now J.J. McCarthy, um, guys like that. And they're not super, like, fast dual threat guys that you'd maybe think of in a speed and space offense. And so Daniel certainly isn't a, a guy that's going to uh, take tuck the ball and run a lot. I think he only had, like, 54 yards on, like, 49 carries or something like that when you take out sacks. Um, so on designed runs for him. Uh, I don't think he's very super mobile. Um, you can still run plenty of RPOs with him and stuff. It's just he's not the one taking off the ball. It's deciding whether to hand it off to a running back or not. So I don't think he'd be that far out of, like, the the prototype that Michigan wants in its quarterback. I mean, you did see that the offense opened up a lot better when Shea Patterson wanted was able to pull the ball and uh, become a threat in the running game. It kind of changed how defenses had to uh, – scheme up their strategy against michigan and i think both McCaffrey and milton have that facet in their game as well probably even more than patterson so i think they're probably more likely to take advantage of what the defense gives them than someone like daniels but i also don't think that daniels is so is is so much of a statue you know that he can't also move the chains every once in a while and you know be mobile in the pocket
2: yeah, when when this news initially broke, there was uh, a little bit of chatter in the Mason Brew Slack room. Some being on the side of Michigan should reach out to him, some being on the side of Michigan should not reach out to him. And the main argument is you've already got two great quarterbacks in the waiting who are going to duke it out or well, who were going to duke it out this spring until COVID-19 hit. Now they're going to have to uh well, I guess we'll wait and see if a season even happens, but one would imagine that one of those two guys, uh, would probably win the starting job and, uh, deservedly. So they've both been waiting for quite some time. Uh, I'm in the camp and I don't know exactly how you are, John, but I'm in the camp of they should at least reach out to him. Uh, if they think that they can improve upon uh, the quarterback room by bringing in JT Daniels, um, I say, why not? I say, maybe reach out to him, see if if the interest is legitimate. Uh, I I think he's quite talented. Before uh, he got injured, I I believe he tore some ligaments in his knee last season, which is uh, why he got passed up on the uh, depth chart, which is why he entered the transfer portal in the first place. It's not that he's a bad quarterback by any means. It's just the injury kind of plagued the rest of his time at USC. Um, so, i yeah, i would say reach out to him if the if the feeling is mutual uh on on Michigan's end there uh, if they think that they can improve upon the position bring in a talented quarterback um now i say i say why not at least give the kid a call and see where his head's at and and go from there i, I don't know how you feel specifically about it but uh what what would you uh what would your feelings be if uh, Jim Harbaugh and Josh Gaddis uh, took a run at him
1: yeah, I'm of a similar mind. I think you just got to go after the best talent you can and have on the team. Um, and JT Daniels was, you know, the number three player in his class before he was classified. He was a five-star. He's clearly still talented. He's only a year and a half away, like, removed from that. So he's got a, a bunch of talent still that can be developed. And I think that if he, you think he's going to improve the team and the roster – then, yeah, you should definitely go after him or not. I mean, that's up to the coaches to decide, and it's also up to Daniel's side because, he, you know, he wants to start immediately and uh, probably get to the NFL as soon as possible, so go into a place where there's already two contenders duking it out in the spring here as much as they can without having spring practice. But I don't know if that's the best situation that he wants, but I know that he liked Michigan before. And they were in his top group of schools before he committed to USC. So if he still has that interest and he wants to come, then I, I'd say take him.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. And yeah. And he had visited Michigan at least one time, if not more uh, during his initial recruiting process. And he was very high on Michigan. I believe he has family either from the area or still in the area.
1: I think his dad um, is from Michigan originally. I, think
2: I Michigan Yeah. He's, he's from the Metro Detroit area. I, th- I think you're right. Um, so he visited at least once during his initial recruiting process. Um, you know, he, he definitely won't be able to visit at all uh, in the near future, just with all of this stuff going on. But yeah, I, I would give him a call. Just see where his head's at. See see exactly what your chances would be. And uh, I, I think another key point uh, part of this would be making sure that this doesn't piss off J.J. McCarthy too much. And and I don't really think it would, quite honestly, but you definitely never want a five-star quarterback uh, that's been committed for, uh, I believe, it, uh, well over a year now, it seems like, at least. It's been a while. Um, you definitely don't want a five-star quarterback uh, in, in your upcoming recruiting class to uh, you know, ha- have a chance to decommit or anything along those lines if you want to bring in a guy like JT Daniels who will have uh, three years of eligibility remaining, so he would be able to stick around for a while. And if he wins a job eventually, uh, if he were to come to Michigan, and that would, you know, uh, stunt JJ's uh, ability to see the field uh, and things along those lines. So I would uh, uh, approach it with caution just to make sure that uh, JJ is, you know, still solid with with everything and and wouldn't be too upset about it. I think that's a pretty important part of all this too.
1: Yeah, I think the important thing is just to – whatever the coaches decide is to be very open and transparent about what they're doing with the McCarthy family and the other quarterbacks on the roster for sure. And if, yeah, I wouldn't risk, you know, losing McCarthy to go and land Daniels. um, But I don't think it'll have that big of an impact either. I mean the report on Daniels that he wants to go pro as soon as possible. And he's two years separated from college now. So if he gets a waiver and is able to play right away, then he could leave after this year before McCarthy even gets on campus. And if not, if he doesn't get the waiver or he just wins a job and uh, doesn't take off in his first year starting Michigan and comes back again, then it'll be uh, it'll be McCarthy's freshman true freshman season. And, I mean, I think it's just good to redshirt quarterbacks like that anyway. And he'd probably still be looking at a redshirt if it was just Milton or – uh McCaffrey so either way I don't think it changes McCarthy's situation much um if he comes and stays for one or two years so I don't think it'll be that big of an issue uh if Michigan goes after Daniels but they just gotta let his family know so they don't get blindsided by the news
2: yeah I I don't think it really would have too much of a factor either but if for whatever reason JJ told him look if you guys bring in JT Daniels I'm out I just say, never mind. then we're not even going to take JT Daniels, not even going to consider it. I would much rather have a JJ McCarthy coming in as a true freshman and, uh, you know, have more time with him and have your own guy than bring in a guy that wants to uh, get out of college as soon as possible to go to the NFL. So, I mean, if I were JT, I, if, if I'm looking to go to a program as soon as possible or go to a program and get out uh, of college as soon as possible, I'd be looking somewhere, uh, that uh, a program that needs a quarterback more than, than anything else. Like maybe Washington, uh, LSU could use quarterback. Now that Joe Burrow's gone places like that, I, I would look to go to a school that needs a quarterback and you know that you would be the guy for one year and, uh, and then dip for the NFL, which, uh, Honestly, for JT, it would be pretty impressive considering that he reclassified, like you mentioned earlier, and uh, I'm pretty sure he was a 17-year-old true freshman uh, yeah, at some point was, when he was at USC. He was very young.
1: Yeah, he started his whole true freshman season when he should have been a senior in high school, and he yeah. got absolutely battered behind the Tim Drevno offensive line, which – Michigan fans are (laughs) certainly familiar. So I don't think that's a great, like he put up stats, but I mean, his touchdown to interception ratio wasn't that great, but I don't think that's the best situation to kind of determine his true talent. Yeah. uh, I I don't think
2: so either. I I don't think so either. I, I, I honestly like the kid a lot. I, I think he, he, he's quick with his reads. He, he doesn't stutter too much in the pocket. He, 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 when when defenders aren't rushing at him in a span of 0.3 seconds because of a tim drebno offensive line no he, he he progresses through his reads well he he's got a pretty ball um you know he just he just slings it man i i think he's really talented um now i know michigan fans are probably shaking their heads listening to this or most of them at least just considering all the transfer quarterbacks that Jim Harbaugh is brought in with Rudock, obviously. In my opinion, this might be controversial, but I think the one year of Rudock I would take over the two years of of Shea Patterson. Now, I don't know if that's too hot of a take, um, but but take, that's where I stand on
1: it. If I can take the second half of Rudock's year, then I'd probably agree. Because I think it took him a little bit to get comfortable, but then, you know, once you get to the Florida Bowl yeah. game, it was just kind of, he was off the it was, out. He was really great yeah,
2: yeah yeah you definitely you definitely don't want Jake Rudock uh Utah game Right. That, that was that was a terrible i actually rewatched that game recently for, for reasons unknown just me being bored in quarantine and i was like i wonder how, just how bad michigan really looked in that first game with jim Harbaugh. yeah it it was it was that bad it was terrible uh they they couldn't pass the ball they couldn't run the ball they couldn't stop anybody it was terrible but uh and they
1: still almost won
2: and they still almost won and utah was a good team that year too i think they started that year eight zero, yeah something like that they were a a, a good team in the Pac 12 that year but but yeah no d- getting back on track now um you know when it comes to transfer quarterbacks i know that it's a very touchy subject with michigan fans and rightfully so jim harbaugh's brought in a handful with uh, Rudock and Shea Patterson, John O'Corn, and uh, they had Jeff George there for a solid three minutes before he went somewhere else. Um, I, 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 w- I would look at it as if you can improve your uh, your quarterback room in any way, I would say go for it. Uh, they've brought in plenty of transfers, not just at the quarterback position. They had one Mike Dana last year on the defensive line and, you know, he didn't start every single game, but he was a nice addition. If you can bring in a guy that improves upon the position, whether he starts or he holds a clipboard or gets you a Gatorade, I, I'd say go for it. If you can uh, get better competition at the position, if, if you think that that's the case and it won't hurt J.J. McCarthy's recruitment, I say go all in on it. I, I don't think it's an issue at all, and I don't think Michigan fans should be looking at it as, oh, it's another transfer quarterback. When's Harbaugh going to get his guy? Um you know the rival that we uh ha- have seen Michigan lose to uh, uh you know several years in a row uh, the rival that uh uh shouldn't have to be named they had a transfer quarterback uh, last year and they went to the college football playoff last year and uh 3 of the 4 college football playoff teams uh this past season had transfer quarterbacks so I don't get the whole argument of uh, bringing in your own guy versus a transfer guy. I, I say if he's the best quarterback, you would want the best quarterback, right?
1: Yeah. Winning and putting up stats, at the quarterback position, no matter who it is, is going to be way, a way stronger recruiting pitch. than we start the guys that we recruit out of high school. Like the people bring up that it'll start to hurt Michigan's chances on the trail, trying to get, these quarterbacks because uh, Harbaugh always starts transfers, but they have Jaden McCarthy committed, who is uh, the highest ranked QB commit of Harbaugh's tenure. So it's clearly not having an effect yet. And like you said, all three out of the four playoff teams started QBs. It's not hurting Oklahoma's QB recruiting at all. They got Spencer Spencer Radler, the number one QB uh, last cycle, and they're going to get Caleb Williams, the number one dual threat QB, uh, in this cycle, and they've started yeah. three straight transfers at, at quarterback. So I, I just, its a non-starter. Like I don't think it's going to matter. Winning a bunch of games, making the playoffs, or getting the Big Ten championship game are going to totally outweigh the people saying that transfer started QB.
2: Yeah, so j- just to go back to this twenty-four-seven article here uh, from uh, Greg Biggins, he's got LSU. Tennessee, Michigan, Florida State, Ole Miss, Washington, and then uh, USC actually rounding out his uh, seven potential transfer destinations. So, I mean, at this point, I would leave USC out of there. I don't think they're a real destination for him to go to, but I could definitely see him going to a team like Washington or a team like Florida State uh, with Florida State, especially uh, getting a new Head coach there, Mike Norville, his first year, they're going to need a quarterback as well. So, I mean, like I say, if you can be the guy at one place for one year, uh, a few of these options, honestly, would would be pretty appealing. But um, at the end of the day, honestly, I don't think he's going to end up coming to Michigan. I think they're going to stick with what they've got. I think they're going to stick with J.J. in the 2021 class. And uh, they go into the 2020 season with uh, two highly talented guys duking it out for uh, that QB1 Spot, And then, uh, you know, they'll evaluate everything if and when the loser of that battle uh, decides to enter the transfer portal himself. So uh, what do you think happens? Do you think he goes to Michigan? Do you think he goes uh, to one of these other schools that I had mentioned in this article? What do you think happens, John?
1: Yeah, I don't think he's going to end up at Michigan just because he wants to start soon. And I, th- I think that it's just too crowded at Michigan right now for him. to to make it that appealing for him. As far as the other schools, he goes, I don't know. I don't know the the depth chart of schools like Washington or uh, other schools on his list like that. So I I don't really have the best guess right now. I feel like LSU would be the most enticing. They have, what, Max Johnson coming up. Um, But, you know, you're you're without Joe Brady. So maybe that's one of the big uh, engines that kept that machine running last year. But uh, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. It'll be definitely a uh, contentious recruiting for a lot of the top schools in the country.
2: Certainly. I mean, just like when Shea Patterson hit the transfer portal, too, it was it was uh, a, a lot of the same. And I think we'll see that with uh, this JT Daniels recruitment, too. I think a lot of schools are, are really going to want him because he's a talented quarterback. Um, you know, don't think that a five star leaving USC, it, it's because uh, he he lost out terribly on the position battle. He, he's a talented quarterback who, who just uh, took a nasty injury. And then the replacement ended up really tearing it up. Uh, I think Slavis is, is a really good quarterback over there too. So uh, they had a, a quite the uh, position over there uh, with quarterback for sure. But, but yeah, I, I don't think he ends up at Michigan, but we will certainly see, I don't expect it to wrap up anytime soon, just because he can't go visit any of these places. So we will uh, certainly bring you, The latest uh, news on that when we get it. But uh, for now, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. And uh, Michigan had a commitment since the last time we went on the pod. So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on
2: Spotify. And we are back. Uh, We are going to wrap it up today today. Uh, With a commitment uh, that Michigan had since the last time we recorded the podcast here. His name is TJ Guy. He is a three-star defensive lineman. He hails from what I call his Don Brown territory, Mansfield, Massachusetts. He's currently ranked number 759 overall and uh, the number 44 weak side defensive end uh, in the country on the 24-7 sports composite. Number six in his state. He is listed at 6'4", 240, and it really came down to Michigan and Boston College in this recruitment. He was once committed to Boston College, but decommitted not long after Don Brown and Michigan sent the offer his way. And uh, after that, he picked up a few other offers, uh, Virginia and Nebraska being the the bigger offers uh, since his decommitment. But on uh, April 17th, he decided to commit to Michigan, and uh, Michigan now has two defensive lineman in this 2021 class with uh, TJ Guy and Dominic Giudice. Uh, Giudice, of course, being uh, the three star from New Jersey, who committed about a month ago at this point. So uh, two defensive linemen now, John. Uh, I would imagine that uh, Michigan's got to be pretty happy about this, especially Don Brown, seeing that uh, that is just primetime Don Brown territory. He went after him. And he, They've been going after him for uh, quite some time now, and uh, he decided to verbally pledge his services to the and Blue. and Blue. Uh, what, what do you think about this? I saw that uh, you had wrote up another scouting report, as you usually do after these uh, commitments. What do you like about his game, and uh, what do you think Michigan's getting out of this kid?
1: Uh, I think he's he's got a lot of potential in his game. He's only played football in high school so what three seasons so he's definitely still not it doesn't have the a lot of the technique down which definitely shows up in his film he's he's got a good swim move pass rush um but he doesn't have a lot of other uh pass rush moves and he doesn't use his hands as much as you'd like when he's going after blockers he just mostly relies on you know he's overwhelmingly stronger and bigger than most of these other guys in massachusetts because he plays at the the second highest level, not even the the top level there. So I think he's got a long way of going for coaching to kind of get him ready to see the field at Michigan. But I do like his size and his frame to bulk up and get to that maybe 275, 280 range and play as strong side end or three tech at Michigan. Um, and he's also a great, uh, he's also got really good burst and kind of the quickness off the line that I think it's just those kind of intangibles that you can't really teach um i'd rather have a guy like that who has more potential and can be coached up and learn all the stuff that you can't teach rather than someone who's kind of maxing himself out based on solely motor and effort um and being really technically sound but he doesn't have the athleticism so he's got a he's got a lot higher ceiling uh than i think guys like maybe finney or geodice in the in the class but he also has a lower floor
2: that's probably fair to say i mean i haven't had a ton of time to uh catch up on on the film for him but i'll i'll definitely take your word for it and i would imagine that don brown's pretty happy as considering they've they've been going after him for a while and uh they've got a lot of kids in this uh in the area of uh that northeast who have uh, committed in this 2021 class now with uh guy casey finney and uh uh, Greg Crippen originally being from Massachusetts and then Lewis Hansen, of course, the four-star tight end. So yeah, I, I think uh, with him committing now that they've got two defensive linemen, uh, edge defensive linemen at the very least, I think they really need to uh, hunker down and get some, some guys uh, on the inside. And I know that they're going after a few guys like victory Vaca and, and, and guys along those lines, the higher ranked four-star kids. But uh I don't really see TJ guy being one of those guys that is an in-betweener like they went after a few guys in the 2020 class. I, I think he, he would probably uh, stick on the end. Of course I, I could be wrong, but just the, the little amount of film that I saw, I thought, wow, this this kid's like you had mentioned that has a pretty good move uh, to get to the quarterback. So um, I, I just can't see it. I think they really need to, uh, uh, Invest a lot of their time in, into these uh, defensive tackle uh, commits now because I I <laughs> I don't want to be like a uh, a typical Michigan commenter on a uh, Michigan board, but uh, D tackle is going to become a pretty big problem here if if they can't uh, hunker down and get one of these top kids that they're going after, whether it be Vaca or or uh, George Rooks or or whoever. Uh, I I think they need to uh, uh, focus a lot of their time on some of those kids.
1: Yeah, I'm actually gonna pivot a little bit too and say I kind of want Michigan to go after more pure pass rush edge types too, um, that that kind of have that twitchy athleticism to get around the edge and go after the quarterback. Because right now these guys like Guy and Geodice are more of the three tech strong side guys where you know their main duties are you know run defense and going uh, around the, yeah. the, the tight end, but someone like the Kachan out of connecticut another northeast guy he's a high three-star four-star borderline guy um that has that skill set um the nakid johnson who was up right before the like, visits got canceled he's committed a pit he's a guy like that dallas turner out of georgia or out of florida um just got reclassified as a outside linebacker into a defensive end and he's another yeah, like line guy on. off the edge he's gonna be really tough to get away from georgia but um, he would be kind of like the ideal guy at that position. So it's it's guys like that that I think would be uh, really interesting that I want Michigan to go after too. And I think it's going to be a big defensive line class um, that could get up to five, six guys. So it's not like Guy and Dice are taking up spots for anybody, um, you know, Quentin Somerville, other defensive ends like that too. And so I think they're just going to try to get a broad spectrum of guys from the big defensive tackles, you know, Jay Toya, George Rooks, like you said to the, the more Josh Uche types that can come off the edge.
2: Yeah, I I, I think that's a pretty good point, just considering all the guys that uh, they could potentially be losing next year along the defensive line with, of course, Carlo Kemp. He's for sure gone. Quiddy Pay is for sure gone. And who knows about uh, Hutchinson? He could leave after his junior year. You never know. Um, you know a lot of attrition is going to come on the defensive line after next season. So, yeah, might as well go after a ton of them, and uh, I, I could see him taking five or six. Yeah, I, I could see him taking three guys on the edge, three guys inside, or maybe divvy it up four guys on the edge, two guys inside. Just you know, whatever they want to roll with. I know that down the stretch of the season, it, se- it seemed like they were going with a lot more three-man fronts, where where you just had one guy on the inside and had Pei and Hutchinson on the edge, and then you'd bring in Uche or or Hudson to or colleague Hudson to come up and rush the passer or, you know, whatever the case may have been uh, depending on the play. But yeah, I, I could see them taking a pretty decent amount of, uh, of defensive linemen in this class. It's, it, it's a heavily needed position and, uh, they're going to need uh, more bodies than not just given the attrition that's going to happen after uh, this upcoming season. Um, so we will certainly see how all that plays out in the 2021 class, but definitely going to have to uh, get a fair amount of kids for sure along the defensive line. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But before we move to our next topic here, did you have anything else that you wanted to add about D line or about guy in general?
1: Um, I want to say we had an interaction on Twitter a couple of days ago when he read the scouting report. Cause one of my sections was about his motor. I didn't think he played with as high of effort as he thought, as I thought he could. Um, throughout the two full games that I watched, and he actually responded to me saying that he he definitely recognized that. He said that he played on both sides of the ball, so he was never coming off the field. But he definitely saw he he took that in in stride and said that he, he's working on it and recognizes that's a issue. And I thought it was pretty pretty big deal for you know a high schooler to take criticism from a random guy online like me. <laughs> and uh and not you know be combative and you know just explain himself and say that he he's aware of uh the like issues yeah. in his game and willing to work on I just think that spoke a lot to his character and his attitude um which I think is going to translate well to his time at Michigan
2: You would hope so. You you would definitely hope so at the very least. So is he does he play o-line too or does he play like tight end? Do you know what
1: Yeah, he plays tackle. Position? Tackle for his team and I actually a, a, a bunch of comments from other people have been saying this, too, but I like his how he looks on offensive line, too, and I think if defensive line doesn't work out, he could switch over and be pretty pretty solid on the offensive side. He just moves really well, has good bend and flexibility. I think that he's, his body type also works for tackle really well. He could be a high-ceiling guy there, too.
2: That's interesting, yeah, just considering the measurables that he has right now that – He's 6'4", 240, wouldn't imagine a, a kid going into his senior year at 6'4", 240 could, could uh, potentially play tackle in college. But, yeah, it would be an interesting concept for sure for them to uh, take him and, you know, if they're not able to get some of these other offensive linemen uh, that they're wanting to play tackle in this class, like if David Davikoff for whatever reason decides to go to Iowa or something and then uh, some of these other kids don't don't uh, commit yeah maybe flip him to offensive line see what happens um just depending on whoever uh, they're able to get in this 2021 class um <laughs> it would be pretty interesting or do, do you see him being like a, a, an offensive tackle if, if he were to uh translate to the offensive line in college or do you think he'd go inside
1: yeah i don't know i think it depends on how long his arms are because i mean they, people always talk about height for tackles but it's really arm length and it just it happens to like positively correlate with how tall you are with how long your arms are um so it, if you can be a short guy like jonah williams a 6'5 and he was the first tackle off the board a couple years ago so it's, yeah. it's not a deal breaker it just matters what his frame is so and if not he could be a guard like i think he he would move really well i think he'd be a good good offensive lineman
2: all right here's the plan reach back out to him over twitter ask him to get some measuring tape measure his arms send you the measurables and we'll talk about it again
1: yeah there he I, I
2: don't think i don't think he's got much else going on <laughs> right now so if he's listening to this for whatever reason and i doubt he is but tj if you're listening measure your arms send it to us and uh we'll talk about it more on the pod next week maybe i doubt that'll happen but
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> who knows nice. we'll see an updated weight would be good too
2: yeah, update it. Yeah, get on the scale, measure your arms, you know, just give us we'll
1: measurables like
2: all over the place. Height, weight, all of it. And that would be fantastic. I think that's uh that's going to take up our whole pod next week for sure. But uh but speaking of offensive linemen, we're going to wrap up real quick uh with Nolan Rucci who uh is a 2021 offensive tackle. Uh sevens actually got him listed 6'8" 289. Five-star kid out of Pennsylvania. He released his top nine. Uh, I believe this was today. This was uh, earlier today, yes. Monday, uh, on which we are recording. It's uh, His top nine consists of uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Penn State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Stanford. Uh, the uh, presumed leader at this point is Penn State. Uh, but you definitely cannot count out schools like Clemson and Notre Dame. And his brother plays at Wisconsin. So you definitely can't count out Wisconsin either. Uh, at this point, it, it doesn't really seem like Michigan's too in it. I, I don't think they have a great shot of landing him. I think out of the top nine, they're probably in that lower echelon. They're pro- I, If I were to rank it, I'd probably have Michigan either 7, 8, or 9 out of all these schools. I don't know how you feel about that, but given just the circumstances of everything, I think he's either bound to stay in Pennsylvania and play at Penn State or possibly go team up with his brother at Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, I'm a little more optimistic than you. I think he's probably – Michigan's probably around that uh, probably four or five spot with Notre Dame. I'd put Clemson, Penn State, and Wisconsin up there in the clear top three. Um, But the other schools like the LSU, Alabama – um, he hasn't visited those places. He hasn't gone down south a lot. A lot. So that just is, is the reason why I think that Michigan's a little higher because he's visited campus at least twice already. So um, and Ohio State, I don't know. I haven't heard a lot much, a lot about them, which is kind of surprising because um, they've done well in Pennsylvania this cycle and they're just recruiting juggernaut. But I don't think he has a lot of interest in them. So I'd probably put them four or five, probably f- them and Notre Dame, I could flip-flop either way. Um, But I was kind of surprised to see him put out a top nine. I thought he would be a little further along to be able to narrow it to maybe like a top five or a top three. Um, So I think that just kind of tells me that there's still a long way to go. Um, He probably still wants to take visits after uh, the suspension is lifted. So uh, I don't know which schools he's going to prioritize first. Um, But I think after, you know, his next round of visits to different schools, whether that's over the summer or in the season then it'll kind of be uh, time for him to narrow the list again, down again. So Michigan still has time to keep you know that relationship going and talk to him a bunch. And I know they had a good, positive talk with him uh, last week or the week before with the, when Harbaugh got the, the head of the aerospace engineering department on a Zoom call with him because uh, Ruchi wants to be an aerospace engineer. And Michigan could also point to Noah Furbush, who just did the same thing majored in that while playing football. So they've got the best track record with that. I mean, they're probably hammering that point home a lot. Um, But, yeah, they still got some ground to catch up here.
2: Yeah, I think out of all the offensive tackles that they're going after, uh, he's probably the least likely to commit. I think even a guy that they're, like, you know, just kind of starting to recruit with uh, Tristan Bounds the offensive tackle from Connecticut I think he even has a better chance of landing in Michigan than than Rucci does even though Rucci's visited uh, a, a time or two and and uh, I don't believe Bounds has visited yet at all but with uh Dellinger still available David Kov still available um I yeah I I just I see him being as one of those guys on the outside um or Michigan being on the outside for a, a kid like uh, Nolan Rucci at this point, he would be a great pickup though. He's, he's a beast on the offensive line. He's got a lot of potential. I, I, I think he is a, a future, uh first round potential draft pick at the very least. Um, I, I like his, his upside a lot. So I don't know. We'll see, I guess we'll see if Michigan's able to swing the pendulum in, in this recruitment. I, I, I doubt it, but uh, you know, I, I guess, Crazier things have happened in the world of recruiting uh, as we've seen over the last few weeks um, here with football and basketball, both of them. But but yeah, I I think uh, along the offensive line, it's still looking pretty good regardless if, if Rucci comes to Michigan or not. I I think if uh, they're able to close with a class consisting of Spindler and uh, maybe throw in Davikov on, on uh, right tackle and then maybe throwing a kid like Drew Kendall, I think that would be an impressive haul on the offensive line, regardless.
1: Yeah, that's four top 100 guys. It's hard to beat that for sure.
2: Yeah, you can't really ask for much more if you're a Michigan fan, if, if you're uh, you know, looking at the way that offensive line's been recruited. And, and we've talked ad nauseum about offensive line recruiting in general, but uh, the job that Ed Warner's done at Michigan, probably his best recruiting job, period, Uh, since he's been uh, an assistant coach in college football. So uh, we'll certainly see how the rest of that shakes out for the 2021 class. But uh, I think that's about all I got here today, Johnny Boy. Did you want to mention anything
1: else at all? Uh, No, not that I can think of.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. And, John, where can they find you at, my friend?
1: At Simmons underscore John.
2: And you can follow Mason Brew on Twitter at Mason Brew. Give Mazen Brew a like on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to rate and subscribe to all of our podcasts here on uh, the Mason Brew Podcast Network. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, there will be some recruiting things to talk about. Uh, it, it's just uh, it, it's it's interesting sometimes trying to find things to talk about when there isn't a whole lot of things going on. Or this would be the time of year where kids would be taking visits. And uh, we'd be talking about all these visits and and maybe there would be an uptick in in commitments as well. But we'll certainly see what happens uh, within the next week. But uh, we will be back next week to break it all down. Uh, For John, I am Vaughn. We'll talk to you guys next time. Go Blue.